This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 916, How to Love Yourself Unconditionally, Even When You're Suffering, part one, by Sabrina of BuddingOptimist.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new week here on ORD. I am your host, Greg Audino, hoping you all had a great weekend and that you are ready to dive right into a two-part post to start this week off. To begin this week, we are going to look at a post from Sabrina of BuddingOptimist.com in which she will share her story and some guidance as to how to love yourself unconditionally. She's really got a great tale of strength and fortitude, and the progress she made was done through small incremental changes amidst a huge crisis. Very inspirational and full of takeaways for everyone. There are so many takeaways that we have to read it over the course of two episodes. (laughs) There's a lot here, so uh, let's begin reading this post now. But first, Do stick around for after the reading, where we will share another fun piece of advice from one of our latest Vibly challenges. This will be a fun one and a nutritious one, I assure you. Hint, hint. But first, uh, the post. (laughs) Let's get this thing underway, guys, and start optimizing your life. How to Love Yourself Unconditionally, Even When You're Suffering, Part 1, by Sabrina of BuddingOptimist.com. Do you struggle with any of the following feelings? You feel sorry for yourself. You feel ashamed about yourself in some way. You feel like you're not good enough. Then it's time for a wake-up call. You're not getting enough love from the one person who matters the most. Yourself. Hey, I'm there with you. I used to feel all of the above, and I still do sometimes. But it's much better now. I grew up hating myself, hating my immigrant background, hating the coupon-clipping lifestyle we lived, hating going home to a home filled with anger, hating my acne and broad-set shoulders, and pretty much everything else about me. It's been a long journey getting to a place where I'm comfortable and happy with myself, where I feel love within me and not pain. I want to tell you the story of how I learned to love myself unconditionally, how I let go of those feelings that made me feel ugly, unworthy, and small how I learned to accept myself wholeheartedly, believe in my own power, and appreciate myself deeply. And ironically, my journey to unconditional self-love started during a period of tremendous pain and suffering in the midst of a cancer diagnosis. Finding unconditional self-love in the most unlikely of times. One day when I was 19, my world fell apart in the most spectacular fashion. One Saturday morning, I went to the doctor's office, and before dinner even got to the table, I found myself crying in disbelief on a hospital bed. A few days later, the doctors told me I had blood cancer. So began several years of despair, disappointment, pain, and fear. There were times when suffering was all I knew. There were days, weeks, even months where I couldn't remember what it was like to feel good. And yet, that was when I learned it was possible to love myself. How I Learned to Love Myself Unconditionally in the Midst of Suffering First, I had to give myself the permission to heal old wounds. If you want to love yourself unconditionally, first you have to accept yourself. But I couldn't do that for the longest time. Why? Because I had held on to a few old wounds inside of me and kept tearing them open. Those old wounds had to do with my family. For years before my cancer diagnosis, I lived in the dark shadows of family drama. For as long as I could remember, my parents were always in a cycle of fighting and making up. 
The arguments were violent and regular, and the good times were few and far between. We were the family relatives shook their heads at and neighbors whispered about behind closed doors. Because of this, I was deeply ashamed. I was in every way trapped in my own self-hatred and self-pity. The cocktail of shame, self-blame, and self-pity I fed myself was toxic. It was as if I walked around with an open wound that festered and would not heal. Every time I saw something or someone that triggered me, a father lifting a child on his shoulders, or a family having a barbecue at the park, I would cut the stitches open and say to myself, look what you don't have. At the time, it didn't seem like I could ever love myself. How could I, when I was the one who kept tearing open the scars of the past and making myself bleed inside? But what I didn't know was that the path to unconditional self-love would open up for me unexpectedly in the aftermath of a cancer diagnosis. Soon after my diagnosis, I found myself at a crossroad. I either had to face up to the fight or go cower in a corner and continue to cry all day. After doing the latter for a few weeks, I began to realize I had to do something different. The wallowing in self-pity did not help one bit. I still had cancer. I realized in order for me to conquer this heck of a battle in front of me, I had to be stronger mentally. And I couldn't do that if I continued to pick at the scars of the past. And once I made the decision that I was going to heal, everything changed. I stopped focusing on those old wounds. The suffering I was going through helped me put things in perspective. Sure, my childhood was far from perfect, but in front of life and death? The things that had happened to me didn't seem so bad. I had let a few punches early in life keep me on the ground for far too long. It was time I got up, spat out the blood in my mouth, and moved on. And so I did. One day I caught myself thinking about the past, and it didn't hurt as much anymore. And I realized the scars have healed. That's when I finally started to accept who I am and everything that's happened in my life. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled How to Love Yourself Unconditionally Even When You're Suffering by Sabrina of BuddingOptimist.com Okay, I love where this post is going already. Sabrina's already doing a good job of letting us know that The opportunity to increase self-love is not at all contingent on what else is going on in your life, what you're struggling with, or what pressure you're under. This is a great way to begin this post, as I think many of us almost wait for self-love to show up during a time of life when so much is going right. It's easy to forget that we can and should take action on this and create it for ourselves. Sabrina is going to have a lot more to say about that tomorrow, though. So I will save most of my commentary for then once we've heard the post in its entirety. And in the meantime, I'm going to share another feature from our Vibely community, which we have been doing about once a week between Optimal Living Daily, my other show, Optimal Living Advice, and here on ORD. We've been having a lot of cool prompts on Vibely and getting a lot of advice and interesting perspectives from you, our listeners. We definitely recommend you join via the link in this episode's description if you haven't already, so you can share your wisdom and have fun back and forth with the hosts and other listeners about all of the things we cover in the OLD network, really. We talk about finances there, health, business, psychology, mindfulness, and a lot more. And uh, one of our most recent mores was about smoothies. Yeah, we, uh, we want to know what your favorite smoothie recipe is, and we have some great entries. So... 
maybe this is cheating, but I am always going on about my smoothie abilities, so I'm just going to go against company policy and share my own entry this time around. Sue me. My entry reads, I have come an awfully long way in my smoothie journey. I initially started experimenting in college. Are we still talking about smoothies? And my first go-around was milk mixed with apples. Mm. What I hoped would be a tasty blend of protein and fruit ended up being poured out the window of my second-floor dorm. Because why not? These days, I've got it down to a science, though. I have a lot of variation in my smoothies, but the rule I always follow is to have a mild-tasting vegetable and a flavorful fruit. For example, filling the blender 80% of the way with spinach and 20% with strawberries will still leave you with a fruity-tasting smoothie. Spinach, carrots, and kale are all pretty mild. Celery and cucumber overtake the taste a bit more, but they're mostly refreshing. Broccoli and beets will always be in the flavor if you add them. The right blend of fruits and vegetables with a fruity yogurt or a fruity or neutral protein powder will make for a very complete and tasty smoothie. Water being the only fluid will be fine, but if you're still nervous, you can throw a bit of OJ in there too. This is tried and true. I'm telling you, do not hesitate. I might also recommend chia seeds and oats as some additives. The oats will present themselves in the taste and change the consistency, but they're not a problem if added in moderation. Okay, time to wrap things up for this edition of ORD. Do come on back tomorrow if you like how this post has started. I'll be waiting with bells on to read the rest for you. So have a great rest of your evening, everybody, and I will look forward to finishing this post with you tomorrow in the Tuesday show. That's where your optimal life awaits.